What's going on, Misfits? I am back. I am back and I'm excited because a lot of you guys have been hitting me up and keeping tabs on me. And yes, it's always the same thing. I get busy, blah, 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 blah. But I am back and have some great news. My new book. That's right. I told you I sold a book. Now I can really talk about it. I sold a book and it's titled Fuck Your Diet and it's coming out fall 2019. So join my mailing list at chloehilliard.com and find out all the latest with that. I'm going to be like keeping tabs and doing like live Instagrams while I'm trying to write and have a writer's blog, which is inevitable. But I want you guys to be a part of the process. Now, Of course, I miss doing this podcast and I have to keep it funky. A part of the reason why I've been taking gaps aside from like traveling and all that stuff is because it's been hard to coordinate guests. So I was talking with one of you guys and came up with the idea that I'm going to do like a 30 minute like quick hit social misfit, you know, drop on the weeks when I can't get to a a guest, but there's so much in social media that I need to talk about. Like, you know, I could have waxed poetic about Kanye, about Roseanne, about like all of these craziness that's happening. I mean, I'm, and and I won't be talking about politics or Trump during those little minutes because I just have better things to do. So I think that is a happy medium. You get to hear from me. We get to keep in touch. We get to you know, check these mofos on their social media, which, you know, I love doing. Okay, now that that is set, signed, and delivered, this week's guest is comedian and different, and I know I say different, but for real, me and Paul go way, 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 way back, like from the first days of my starting comedy in New York City, and he was a darling then, he's a darling now, and he has a great website, comedywire.com, he's a newlywed, he talks about his faith, religion, being a virgin until marriage, yes, girl, I don't know how he managed that in New York City, because I was trying to get him to sling his dick from day one, enjoy this conversation, which we had in Starbucks, which is why I'm giving you my NPR voice, but get into it. It's a great conversation, and I'm glad that you returned to partake. You're listening to Social Misfit. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome. Can you hear me well enough? Can you? Okay. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Social Misfit Podcast. We're coming to you live from Starbucks on 86th Street. <laughs> I'm not going to say in what cross street could. It's like a million 86th Street uh, Starbucks. Uh, I'm joined today by longtime comedy friend. I remember him way back when. Uh, comedian, writer, website creator. Yeah. Businessman, entrepreneur, married guy, newlywed. So many things I can say about this gentleman. Give it up for Paul. Sischler. Sweet. All around best friend type yeah. of guy. It's just it's like we're reuniting. I know. I know. But you're just like on the road killing it so much. I've had that conversation with people. You have? Where they're like, Where's, I never see Chloe. And I'm like, yeah, because she's <laughs> constantly like out working. Yeah. You know? That is true. I am gone a lot. But um, but look at you. Like, you know, newly yeah, you know, married. Just headlining open mics. Shut getting up. married. Aww. Okay, so this is a backstory. Paul and I have known each other for many, about five years. Yeah, five years. About five years. Yeah. Um, he was just a, a baby face ingenue who. Scared. Yeah, scared of everything. Eager. Moved to New York full of, you know, good intentions and Jesus. And I was like, 
the adoptive big sister who was like, go ruin your life. <laughs> go get fucked up. And I was like, no, I don't want to. I was like, you have to. You have to. You have to sow your wild oats. You have to experience life. And you're like. I can do it. And you're like, I didn't no, do it. I'm saving myself for marriage. And I was like, who gets married? And yeah. then fast forward, Paul is now married. Yeah. How long has it been? A year and three months. Wow. Yeah. Time flies. flies. I know. And you look so different. I know. You're, I'm like you're working I, you, out. You jacked. I keep getting can like the consistent comments from people is like you look so good now, <laughs> and not even like a compliment to me. It's like beyond me to my wife because like she, she's like she legit all my clothes that I'm wearing that you see like she picked out. <laughs> like I got face lotions, face washes, face masks. So how does she recommend it to you? Like, hey, babe, I got this to <laughs> it's you. It's not a recommendation. Like, it's like, oh. hey, I got this. Oh, and you're like, thanks, You should wear this. Honey. And I'm like, I don't know any better. So, okay. But do you you enjoy it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was that something, was that always the nature of your relationship? Or it, came, it became more so once you got married? Came more so when I got married. Mm-hmm. But it was also always like kind of the nature. Like, she has just really good taste in things. And I don't, like, <laughs> I don't care about clothes as much yeah. or things like that so for her she just knows what look what looks good so speaking like, of which this leads perfectly into your social media post yeah, please yeah. paul read us your post okay so this is me bragging to other married men i left the house without her approving my outfit then i adjust my trash bag onesie <laughs> <laughs> it's not far off has that ever happened where you met her somewhere and she's like what are you wearing uh no, it's happened when I'm about to leave the house and she hasn't seen me get dressed. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, baby, does this look okay? And she just kind of gives like a, okay. <laughs> and it's just like, kind of like, yeah, whatever. Just go out do your thing. Yeah. Now, to be fair, I mean, you weren't a terrible dresser, but you are, you know, a Southern man. Yeah. And you did own a pair of white boots. I love those white boots. Paul wore these white boots in real life and on stage. It wasn't just for the stage. Yeah, no. What happened to the white boots? They, I wore them down so much that I had to throw them away. Oh, wow. You should have kept them as like a remembrance of your days in New York City. They were like the John Travolta white boots. They were, uh, so they were Steve Adams. (laughs) No, Stacy. Stacy Stacy Adams. Adams, High top white leather boots. Yeah. It's from the movie Drive. Have you seen that movie? Yes. Yeah. It's the boots that Ryan Gosling wears in Drive. I Googled what boots does Ryan Gosling wear in Drive, <laughs> and that's how I bought the boots. And you love those boots. Yeah. Yeah. It's- My wife hated those boots. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I've, I've showed her pictures, and she was like, oh, God. <laughs> yeah. I remember those boots. I Wait, did you hate them? I didn't hate them. I just thought they were a part of your charm. Oh. You know what I mean? I just thought, like, that's just his thing. He's a southern kid. He's, you know. But you didn't think it was like a cool. I did not think they were cool. Oh, I thought man. that they were just your thing. I thought, you know, because I felt like you come from the South, a religious family, and this might yeah. have been like your first foray into creative expression. Oh. So who am I to shit on your creative expression? I'm just thinking, oh, he's finding himself in New York City. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny you say that because I think there was a part of that, like coming to New York and like having no family up here mm-hmm. and kind of for the first time. Just deciding, like, without any sort of input from, like, older brother, sister, mom, whatever. Kind of going, like, oh, yeah, that's what I want to buy. 
Yeah. That's what I want to wear. And no one's going to stop me. Yeah. Yeah. Even to my detriment, like, <laughs> even the two girls I live with, they weren't like, hey, stop. <laughs> no, they're not going to say that to you. Yeah. Because then they would open the doorway for you to say something to them. No, I know better. So They were tough, too. So what is it about you and strong women? I mean, let's, let's get back into yeah, like, yeah. You are attracted to strong women. Yeah. I mean, I, I was raised by my a single mom mm-hmm. who, like, and you leader, mainly in Florida. We lived in Alabama. And then moved to Florida. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was like, you know, raised by my mom and grandma, really. It's like my grandpa died when I was young. So it was just like, you know, mom women. was mom and dad. She and what about your dad? Decision maker. He, he, he kind of moved around. He was like in Texas for a while. Now he's in Denver. Mm. Um, but like good relationship. That's good. Yeah. He came to your wedding? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. That's yeah. good. Like, growing up, he'd visit, like, you know, once a month, whatever. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. And then you went to school in Florida, college? Went to school in, at Auburn University oh, okay. in Alabama. Mm-hmm. And... Grad- what did you study? English, creative writing. Oh. And then... And then after. I graduated, and I was just like, I don't know what I want to do, but I don't want to do comedy. So you didn't do comedy at all in college? The only thing I did was... I did so I hosted like a late night show in college mm-hmm. and had on this comedian as a guest comedian Steve Brown he works all like colleges and like HBCUs and hosts yes. shows he's the one that got into the fight yep he's the one yeah yeah that's he, right yeah so there's a comedian on TMZ yeah, yeah, yeah. he like posted a, his mm-hmm. yep he's a really funny comedian he's been doing it for a really long Amazing. time and he was headlining at the comedy house in Co- Columbia South Carolina yep and there was a guy in the front row who just lost un- it. unprovoked. Like, I think he, like, he clearly was something wrong with this guy. Because yeah. he, like, allegedly, like, it, people at his table, like, his family members were trying to, like, get him to relax and calm down. And yeah. he smacked his girlfriend and then told his mom to shut up and got on stage and was trying to Lunatic. fight Steve Brown and threw the mic stand at him. And, and l- luckily, Steve Brown was able to just, like, be, got, like, a little scratch on his arm. But the dude, like, was. Yeah, yeah, because the dude, like, picked up the. Uh, microphone stand and everything yeah like, and tossed it in the air yeah and this was crazy because steve brown's comedy is like so it's chill. a good comedy it's yeah. like happy uplifting mm-hmm. everyone's having a party comedy yeah so he's not a dirty comic he's not an insult comic but this no. dude just really was not in the right mind frame to be yeah at, and that's why you kind of need to check yourself before you go like if you are in a mood you just have to say let me put this bad mood on pause for this hour and a half and just enjoy yeah yeah the show or ruin it for every like if you like i don't know how could you sit <laughs> at a table with your family and your girlfriend and be like i'm about to ruin everybody's <laughs> night <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> could you just be like oh wait oh wait like that's his fun he's like yeah. "Ooh, i'm gonna drop this in like 20 minutes <laughs> yep yep wait, wait i'm gonna make this about me yeah <sighs> that's terrible. maybe he can't stand someone else on stage like being no, the that man happens a lot yeah it happens a lot, yeah. Like, this dude's on stage being the man. Everyone loves him. Mm-hmm. I'm the man. Well, that's the same thing about, like, your white boots because you, that was your way of, like, being an individual. Yeah. You know what I mean? I a little, and yeah. a lot of times people don't have an opportunity to buy their white boots. Sometimes you just got to wear your white boots in life. Yeah, you do. You know what I'm saying? It, I mean, because it's, realistically, it, it's, I think, I think a lot of the things that we're dealing with now 
when you talk about like you know people who are angry about where we are in this country they feel yeah. like they haven't been heard yeah yeah so they don't they never got a chance to buy those white boots yeah sometimes you just gotta google yeah stacy adam white boots <laughs> no i mean and fifty dollars later yeah it's like, like a metaphor it. you know i mean yeah. it's a metaphor for life but when you think about it it's like yeah that person in the audience who just it's seething and hates the fact that they're doing you're doing what they may want to do or they don't even know what they want to do it but they want to try yeah, yeah. it but you know but like wow you know what you want to do and that pisses me off yeah yeah so like when you were starting comedy in new york city i remember meeting you and you're like i'm a clean cut guy i yeah don't do drugs i don't drink and i'm a virgin and I'm going to be one until I get married. And I was like, <laughs> we'll see. You're like, you're really committed to this character. You're really <laughs> and you were like, no, no, no. I go to church every Sunday. And I'm going to. And I was like, okay, Paul. And I and my, I just knew. I didn't think it was going to. I didn't think. I knew you were going to find somebody. I knew you were going to get married. Because yeah, you were like. Yeah. But you also. That. Like, that's the unicorn part of you. That you were like, oh, no. I want to. You were like 24. Like, I want to get married. I'm, I'm getting yeah. married. I want to be. He's like, I want to be married by 27. Even that's too late. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, 23 was too late, and I was like, 24. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, ready. Yesterday. So where did that come from? Like wanting to get yeah. married. Like wanting to move to New York, the most populated, like one of the most populated cities in the country, to f- follow comedy and to get married. Like, did you? I come- don't know. <laughs> I think it like it was definitely not like predetermined to that extent. Mm-hmm. It just things work out for the best and like happen that way. I think I wanted to pursue comedy. And I wanted to, like, take a big risk in life. And New York was that. And this is the place to be for comedy. But as a religious man with all yeah. of these morals and values, were you concerned that New York City would change you? Or you were so no. strong in your conviction that you were like, yeah. I would be fine? Yeah, I wasn't worried about that. Because I knew, like, strong my convictions and, like, I know who I am. Mm-hmm. And I knew that there is, like, I had friends suggest, like, hey, you should check out this church when you go up there. Mm. So, it's like, I knew going into New York, oh, I know there's, like, a church community there. I know it's not just, like, yeah, this godless city. It's because it's not that. No, New York's a beautiful city. And that's, I think that's something that people don't really realize is that there are a lot of religions here. There are yeah. a lot. I mean, people preach on the street. I mean. Yeah. <laughs> they the preach subway. At, subway <laughs> yeah. preach at you and you're like. Yeah. So I don't know. Like, I, I never worried about that, mm-hmm. you know? And and so what happened? What was it? What was it like? Paul, take me back hated to Paul. It. First day in New York City. Yo, first day was just like overwhelming, you know? And second day, spent the night in a stairwell. Excuse me? Yeah. Yeah. Wait, so when you moved to, you had no housing accommodation? Had no housing. So you just bought a ticket to New York? Bought a one way ticket. And then I. Like, how much money did you have with you? I had saved up money. Okay. In my savings account. So I think I had like eight grand. Oh, shit. What yeah. were you doing? Because I was just like working at home and like saving up money. Oh, so how long did you, after you graduated college, how long was it before you moved to New York? Oh, so I graduated like December and moved up January 10. <laughs> it was like quick. So you just worked all throughout college and saved yeah, all that money? Yeah, I worked four jobs in college and like wow. paid my way and took out loans and mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. So you had eight grand. A book bag, a suitcase, two suitcases and a book bag, and no place to live. And just so I crashed with the woman who's now my sister-in-law, brother's wife, 
Oh, she has there. a friend. She had a friend in Brooklyn, so I crashed with her while I looked on Craigslist for places to live. So you crashed with your brother's wife's friend? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. She was like, you can crash on my couch mm-hmm. while you look for a place. But like second night, like I don't know what I'm doing in New York City. It's Brooklyn. I don't know how to work the subway system. I get locked out. She doesn't answer her phone, door, mm. nothing. So I'm just like chilling on the stairs. It's, it's January and it's raining. And it's the like stairs inside. Well, outside. so the first two hours I was outside when it was like raining and cold. Mm. And then at like maybe like 3 a.m., some people who lived in the apartment building were walked in. So yeah. like I also walked in yeah. and just sat in the stairwell. And then the next morning I was starting my first job as a busboy. Wow. <laughs> so I just like sat in the stairwell all night. And, uh, Did she wake up in the morning? Eventually, and, like, at like 9 a.m., she okay. woke up. And she's like, oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah. Did she give you a key after that? No. That's a, <laughs> that's a sign of, like, New York. Like, they'll, people let you stay there, but they won't give you a key. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas when I go to, like, visit people in California, and I say, hey, I'm going to be in for a day or two. And they're like, oh, you can stay in my place. I'll leave my key in the flower pot in front of the door. Yeah, yeah. Or, like, here's <laughs> one of the extra sets of yeah. keys that we have. Mm-hmm. Not in New York. No. Because you know why? I think because in New York, uh, you have squatters rights. And if you like, oh, yeah. stay in, if you can stay, they can't get you out after. Yeah, I should have like squatted. <laughs> yes, after 30 days, they, she couldn't kick you out. If you got mail there, then you ha- you're entitled to be there. Wow. That's the trick to New That's York That's strong. Yeah. Also because there was a time in New York City where um, like building owners and landlords would just like change locks and kick people out. And mm. they get like higher rent. And so because this is a renter's market, yeah. they protect renters. Wow. So if you move in anywhere, so like right now, where you're, wherever you and your wife live, your apartment, if you both decided to stop paying rent and just stay there, they would have to start a process of trying to get you evicted. And that could take like eight months to like a year. Whoa. Yeah. Good to know. Good <laughs> you to would know. never do that. The paycheck the, stop. Yeah, I know. The I'd guilt be like... <laughs> alone would kill you. That's so true. <laughs> like they will uh, we'll just go stay in a stairwell in yeah, Brooklyn. Right? I know. It's a good spot. So then you... Second day, you had a job. So I did worked as a busboy mm-hmm. for three days at some fancy place in Astoria. Mm-hmm. I made it three days and quit. You I, quit. I, I, I couldn't take it. Why? I just I've never worked in a restaurant before. Oh. And so this is my first job, and it was like a fancy restaurant where there's it's, it's like a lot harder than just if I'm working in a diner or something. Yeah. And there's like all these rules. And it just, it was just so overwhelming because I'm like Southern boy, wide eyed. And then intro into the city is like intense New York City fancy restaurant. And like, I like busted a pepper shaker my second day and I just, I was so scared. Yeah. It sucked. And so when did you, so how long was it after you moved to that you got into the comedy scene? Um, it took me like a month to kind of like. No, maybe less than that. I started going to like the Gotham open mic. Oh, oh, remember that? Yeah. That's how we met. I think. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I yeah. think we met at the Gotham open mic. So Gotham Comedy Club, which is like our home club. Yeah. We, um, they used to have a Monday night open mic at like five, five, or seven. What was that? Seven o'clock. Seven o'clock. And it was hosted by this guy. Remember him? He was it like was hosted by guy. Ben. No, before then, it was a oh, guy so before I, that. When I went there, it was by Ben and Siobhan. Okay, no, it was a guy before him, and then, then Ben and Siobhan. 
Um, and then that's oh, how Siobhan. we Siobhan. Yeah, 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 Siobhan. And that's how we met. Yeah. And then we became close because when you do an open mic, someone has to be there to put your name on the list. Yeah, yeah. And so then you would like we would write each other's names in, and yeah. then and then they turned it to email because everybody kept doing it. So you had yeah, to email yeah. in. And that's it was a good mic for a while. Yeah, I mean, mics are crucial. I feel like if you if anybody listens to this because they want to know about comedy, you have to do an open mic. Yeah. And also, it's not even about like necessarily being funny. It's all about like building the community of people that you're going <clears> to <throat> yeah, end up totally. seeing all the time. And some people you never see again, but some people you see and then you're yeah. like, I remember like how we were right. Like I remember five years ago we were in open mic. Yeah. And building up that thick skin to not be affected by stuff. Yeah. Because I see people going to mics and like are totally shook that something didn't land. I'm like, why do you care? Like, for, It's never going to land. Because yeah. everybody's a comic and most of them are not listening. Yeah, and yeah, even yeah. if they're funny, if whatever you say is funny, it's not, they're not going to laugh. Like comics don't laugh at comics really. Yeah. Like unless, unless you, unless you're like at a show show, like at like with real people right. in the audience and you'd be like, oh yeah, that's funny. You laugh. But if it's just like comics, you're just like, oh yeah, that, you'll just say, oh, that's, that's funny. <laughs> that's that, really good. Yeah, I enjoy that. That's, that's a laugh. Yeah. So how would what would you say has been the, the biggest challenge for you, like moving to New York and starting knowing no one, and now you're married with a house? Um, house there's so many challenges. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I think for the longest time, it's like not having like a a real community. Mm-hmm. I think that was like the hardest part. Mm-hmm. It's like I was still I was going to church, but wasn't like plugged in with people. I would just like show up and leave. And, like, I was living with um, two girls, Kat and Morgan. Mm-hmm. So, I would just, like, hang out with them all the time. Yeah. But, like, beyond that, I didn't really have, like, a core community of friends. Yeah. And it just it feels lonely. And, like, you feel like you're trying to figure out work by yourself, trying to figure out comedy by yourself, uh, like, love life by yourself. So, how did you meet your wife? At church. What church? Uh, Redeemer presbyterian church mm-hmm. it's a really big church um but that was the church that everyone was like that's where you should go to mm. there's this pastor and he's an author this guy tim keller who started the church in the 90s and like the whole base of the church they like welcome in like you know cynical new yorkers to like come and question so like the way they started the church in the 90s is after every service they would just sit down like around everyone and like people could just ask questions and like mm. blast him with questions which is great and like yeah. i never grew up with that like, is he South. still a part of the church he just retired last year okay. but he's still like training and teaching classes and stuff uh-huh yeah and so that became your home yeah and that was so, home base so you just saw her in service one day and he was like oh she's attractive nice no this was like it was like two years in um a mutual friend introduced us some girl I went to undergrad with went to seminary with my wife and uh, was like, oh, I know that guy. Introduced me to my wife. And we were just friends for like two years because mm-hmm. she's she's like six years older yes. and she's a counsel- she was a counselor of the church. So I just viewed her as like this, <laughs> you know, older girl at church. <laughs> and she viewed me as like this young, poor, lost <laughs> comedian guy who like needs <laughs> needs community needs help and so we would just like hang out we were friends for like two years no attraction nothing no attraction at all seriously 
So, I mean, we always think like, oh, you're an attractive person, but, but she just thought like, it was un- unattainable. Yeah. I, I like, I didn't see her in that way. She didn't see me in that way. And so we, we switched. And then, you know, we, I don't, you know, we just started going to dinner more. And then there was a period where like I was dating someone who was like a year older than her. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, age isn't, age is obviously not an issue. So when I broke up, broke up with that woman, I was like, like, oh, how come I've never asked out Esther before? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so we just went to dinners more and like, it was like this easy transition into dating. And I remember you told me, cause you showed me a picture of her. We were at Gotham at a show. Yeah. We were at like a, so Paul and I used to always socialize at these bringer shows at Gotham where he would run it he would or he would be the one on like on site who was in charge of running it i would be hosting it and he would also do a spot and it's like so i got that stage time yeah and it was like 15 new new brand new baby comics yeah and everybody's doing like five six minutes and so we would legit have conversations in between the acts like we would have three minutes and then I'm like, okay, let me go get this comic up. I would hold that thought. And three minute back. updates. Yeah. And then I came off, t- I was off stage one time and you were like, and I was like, so how's the love life? Cause I'm waiting for you to be like, I lost my virginity yeah, and yeah. I'm fucking five women at the same time. And it never came. Th- those were your biggest hopes like, and dreams for me. I used to be like, you have to get an STD. You remember I that? I used to be like, Paul, you have to get an STD. That, that was a mortifying <laughs> thought to me. Like, what do you mean? Why would you want that for me? I was like, I thought, I thought Chloe liked me. Why would she want like, me to go and get Because you have to live. But to me, I'm like, yeah, that's why I'm not going to get STDs. I want to live. I want to be healthy and clean. I was trying to do like shock therapy. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I would always be like, so what's going on, right? And then you were like, so I'm seeing somebody. And I remember you were talking about the first woman. But you were like, I think she drank a lot. Or something like that? No, she was just scary. Okay, she was something about... I remember something about it. He's like, yeah, but she's just a little too much. And I was like, okay. Yeah. And then um, the next time you mentioned somebody, you were like, so I'm seeing this one. I like her a lot. And I'm going to marry her. And I was like, come on, Paul. I was like, how long you been there? He was like, oh, only a few months. It's like, come on, Paul. But I didn't know that you guys were friends for two years. And then, yeah, yeah. then the next thing, you were like, yep. So I'm getting married. I was like, wow. Happens quick. Well, it wasn't quick. You were, It wasn't you know, quick, but ago. like... You yeah. knew. So when did you know? Like one, like, like very early on, because we had like two years of friendship and mm-hmm. trust, and like, you know, when you're friends with someone, you, there's less pressure to like put on and kind of like here's my dating side. Yeah. So it's just she knew all my stuff I struggled with, and same with her. We were just very open with each yeah. other. So when we started dating, it was like you have that foundation. And, I think uh, that's really important. Yeah. Yeah. I. I am. Um, I've been going out on dates with this one guy and he's very into communication like like it's kind of scary like you know what i'm saying when what about it scares you he's like he expresses that he has like communication is crucial to him when it comes to like engaging in dating somebody so it's not like oh when i get to know you i'll tell you things it's oh, like, yeah, oh yeah. no i'm telling you things now and then we can move forward so it's like it's not it's like he's not holding it's he's not holding anything back in a sense yeah. but he's also saying like if there, at any moment if you have a problem if you don't like something if something concerns you or if you want to express something like talk to me about it like I'll, he, he's like i'll get i don't get upset if you tell me something but i'll get upset if you like don't tell me something yeah yeah not upset but you know like <laughs> you know what i mean like <laughs> yeah not like psycho was, about it yeah no no he's not psycho about it but he's just like you know i enjoy the fact that we can communicate about things and yeah it's like 
very he's like it's very like one day we went out on a date and then um we've gone out a couple times and after a date he texts me he's like hey can i can i call you i want to talk to you about something i was like Okay. Am I in trouble? <laughs> yeah, I literally, I was like, well, yeah, what happened? I just saw you like two hours ago. And he said, I just want to you know, let you know like how much I appreciate the fact that we can communicate and we can talk. And this is very important to me. And he you know, told me a story about like, you know, I've been in, you know, I've dated before. And, you know, he's like, he told me a story about how he was seeing somebody and that she wasn't just like forthcoming about like what, what she wanted and her intentions yeah, yeah. were. And he was like, you know, I just need to be able to. And I was like, okay. Like, I felt like I was like talking to my parents i was like oh, okay, okay, okay yes sir but i think that's something that we don't really experience yeah and so when it's in your face you're kind of like okay all right all yeah. right so all right how much communication do you want and it's weird because also coming from a journalism background i'm so used to asking questions yeah. that i'm not i don't just share information so i have to tell him and other people like if you want to know something just ask me a question yeah see that's good to communicate too yeah or else it's like why the hell isn't she talking I about don't stuff just talk, i don't i have friends of mine that i've known for years and um and they would like come over to my house and so in my house i live in a brownstone in brooklyn and i have the top floor and my aunt and cousin they live on the second they oh, live nice. on the bottom yeah. two floors right so it's a family house and so i had friends come over and one of my friends i'd known for like four years and he's and he said chloe did you he said you know i just realized that that's those are your relatives down like you've never told no. me he's like you never said oh those are my aunt and my cousin because i don't i don't so you're like what are you gonna do with that information <laughs> yeah i don't know he just was like he's like i come here all the time and you've never like said yeah it. yeah because like, i just i was like oh i didn't even think about it because i just don't you know yeah, like, yeah when you think about yourself and the thing and because your information is just your life. Like, you're not thinking about yeah. it as, like, tradable things. You're just like, this is just my existence. Like, why would I know that you're allergic to peanuts unless we were in a place yeah, that had, yeah. you know, like, you're not just like, oh, by the way. Like, Chloe. when you come over, you're not like, hey, tell me about your family members. Yeah. Oh, by the way, yeah. mine live downstairs. Yeah. 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 Or, yeah. And also, I don't call my aunts and uncles aunt blah, blah, blah. I just call them by their names. Oh, see, that's... So, okay. I would just be like, oh, yeah, that's, you know, so-and-so. That's Frank and Sally down yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. And you're like, oh, okay, yeah. But that's all... The reason why I don't call them by their names is because, I mean, by their titles is because I was the first grandchild in my mom's family. Okay. And my mom had me at 22. My, okay. my mom, my mom and dad, my mom was married at 19 and my dad was 24. Wow. So they got married at 19 and 24. And Where then, were they living? Um, Brooklyn. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. I was so, like, that sounds so Southern. It is Southern, right? But they got married. My mother got married. Well, my mom's family is very Southern. My grandmother's super yeah, yeah, I know you're, religious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah I know so. material about that. So, like, the only way my mother could leave the house was if she got married. Yeah. Like, there was no moving out with, like, roommates. Yeah. It was like, oh, you are getting married? Okay, now go <laughs> live your adult life. Um, but, yeah, so she got married at 19 to my dad. And I was the first grandchild in my mother's family okay and so my at 22 she had me and and her oldest sibling her oldest sister was like 24 25 she was like don't call me aunt oh yeah i'm yeah, only 20 yeah. you know yeah, so, that age difference and then her <laughs> younger siblings were only like 10 to 14 years older than me so i'm not calling a 10 year old aunt <laughs> uncle so i just call them by their names okay that makes sense i think also the first grandchild is kind of like I, I joke and be like, it's like the first pancake. Like you have good intentions, but you don't really remember yeah, how to yeah, do yeah. this because it's the first <laughs> time. So I got away with a bunch of stuff because yeah. it's like, oh, we have a kid around now. Yeah, so yeah. I was like, just be like, just call my, just call by the names. Yeah. Now because I get that. now because we I have like younger cousins, 
and like you know second cousins now i'm more mindful like when they're around i'm like oh aunt so-and-so just oh, as, yeah, a, yeah. as an example for them because that's how they know yeah them yeah because otherwise i just like to say i just say their name <laughs> i know but yeah i think the sharing information thing is interesting it, it especially considering that like we're in comedy and we share so much on stage yeah but sometimes then, that's easier yeah and then yeah. But when you get in the person to person kind of like yeah how do i talk about my family to this guy on a second date i know well you can come to my show and yeah. hear about my family that way i actually so how did you do that when you when you first started dating your wife she came to shows. Did you? She'd been to her? shows before. You didn't tell her anything. You just said, "Come." I mean, we talked about everything. No, no. So, I mean, like she came to a show. You didn't like give her any expectations of like this is what I talk about on stage. Like she just came and saw you and experienced it. I guess yeah, yeah. The first time she saw me, we were like just friends, mm-hmm. like pretty new friends. Um, and so I hadn't like prefaced anything like, "Hey, here's what I joke about. Here's what I talk about." Yeah. I think for me, I I very rarely have I've gone out with a guy and had him come to a show, but this one guy, the same guy that talks about communication, he came, he acts, which is kind of big because yeah, like he, he asked like, can I come see you? Mm-hmm. He said, can I? Co-? He's like, do you mind if I come to a show? And I was like, actually, I don't mind. They came to a show, um, and he, you know, got there like right before I went on and sat and watched, and then now he's like, you're really good. And the thing that I like is that. He didn't like grill me about my set. Like, yeah. so tell me that joke. What's that? He didn't. Yeah. He just accepted it for what it was. And then, like, we went out to dinner and he just was like, Oh, yeah, by the way, like, you're really funny. Like, that was it. It wasn't yeah. a thing. Oh, that's good. And I think a lot of times people challenge you a lot because they want to know more, you yeah. know, or they, or they like, Well, like, like, I don't want to have a comedy conversation with you. I'm going to yeah. date you. And I like the fact that you're interested in what I do and you respect it, but yeah. I don't want it to be an interrogation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the kiss of death for me is like if I meet someone and they're like, you know, I've always thought, <laughs> never mind. Like when you yeah. say, I always thought about doing, co- yeah, you don't want that. You ruined That's it. That's perfect though. That's like a perfect, hey, I really think you're funny, but now I want to like know about you. Yeah. 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 So, you know, that's that. Wait, how did you meet this guy? I actually met him on Bumble. Oh, Bumble. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I had, I downloaded it like over a year ago and I just never really like actively did it. And then recently, I think about like a month or two ago, like he popped up and I was like, okay, yeah. And he had like a very opening line. I only say hi just because Bumble, you know, Bumble, the women say hello first. And, and I've noticed, plus I have on it, like my occupation is like, full-time funny or something like that i think it's like full-time funny woman or something like that so that's my way of saying i'm a comedian without saying i'm a comedian okay and then my bio is one line it's very lazy i'm like six one no kids um <laughs> like doing this just to see what's up like yeah. really not co- connected i at think all. that's yeah keep it simple simple and, and then, then get to know someone and then his is like very <laughs> very like on this is point my blood to type. who this he, is, like yeah like I'm communicating everything to yeah, you pretty much and and so then i made me feel bad because i was like i didn't really say anything about myself but and even once we connected i said hello and we you know exchanged like pleasantries back and forth yeah, yeah. and we did that like maybe once or twice and then he was like so just so we don't keep going back and forth on this thing would you like to meet for coffee and i was like okay and i was like okay paul stop looking at me like that that's classy 
No, it's easy. You know, <laughs> you're looking at me like a person who's so happy in their marriage that you I want know, everybody. You to guys are gonna get married. It's so good. I'm so happy for you guys. <laughs> I already see it happening. Oh, oh Lord. I'm just being <laughs> You got a halo on your head right now. Uh-huh. The, the Lord is speaking to you. Are you prophesizing <laughs> yeah. right now? There's light coming in right now. So you're with an older woman. Yeah. Do you notice any differences in your life? Thinking? Yeah. Um, like just between the two of you. Because she's what? She's 35? She's 33. 33. Okay. Yeah. She's 33. Um,. I mean, she's just like, she's she's definitely wiser than me, you know. She's just like lived more life and is, was raised by like really wise parents. Her dad's a pastor. Oh, um, I knew that. Actually, I did know that. You yeah. told me that before. And they're Korean. They're Korean. Yeah. And you went to Korea. Yeah, yeah, we just went to Korea. How I was met that? a bunch of her family. Amazing. Yeah. I wanted to stay over there. Wow. It was so good. Are you learning the language? Yeah, she's been teaching me a little bit good yeah so that could be something that you maybe like have a place there that would be so awesome yeah there's like a a trend in shows where like foreigners learn korean and like do tv over there there's an snl korea too what do you mean like lauren michaels snl yeah yeah. lauren miles lauren michaels snl korea and it's american actors. no no no. it's it's all korean hmm sketches every the whole thing and so, so when you say like, there's a thing about like people learn Korean and perform there. Is it like a part of a program, or you? There's just like there's guests on different shows. There's like cooking shows and stuff, mm-hmm. and so they'll have on like foreigners that know that are fluent in Korean, honest guests. There's this African guy who's like so fluent in Korean that if you close your eyes, he sounds like a Korean man. Wow! Like my wife was shocked. And he's, he's like TV. the most famous black guy in Korea because <laughs> he's like got charisma and he's like beyond fluent. And wow. That's like a genre of TV. Mm. Yes, because I saw there was like a world music competition where they had uh, K-pop. Um, they had K-pop groups from around the world performing like big K-pop songs. Whoa. And there was this one group of three black girls, I think from America. And they were over there. So they had like people from like, there was a team from Nigeria, America, like um, the Middle East, Europe. And they were singing in Korean. In Korean. Singing Whoa. and dancing in Korean. Whoa. And it was this huge, massive like um, music festival competition. Yeah. And it's like a team won. And I think the people that won were a guy and a girl from like Malaysia. Wow. And they won. And so they sing like, you know, big standard Korean like K-pop songs. Yeah, yeah. And I think that was, it was South Korea's way of like introducing their music and culture. Because, you know, they're very big on like their world oh, brand yeah. and like being ambassadors for Korean culture. <laughs> yeah. So they they were trying to use that, that as an entry point to like open up their music to more people. Yeah. But K-pop is huge. Huge. I did an article about um, JP. Who's a mm-hmm. big music producer and yeah, JP Entertainment, like yeah. one of the biggest yep. groups over there. Mm-hmm. And he came to America thinking that he was going to be able to like you know kick in the K-pop market, and it did not work out like that. But yeah, he still has a building here. He took a, a, a townhouse in like the 30s and remodeled it, and so it's kind of like a, a training, oh, wow. it's a training ground. So mm-hmm. it's like bunks, like not bunks, but like dorm rooms. Yeah, yeah. There's there's the schools top. over there to make you a, a K-pop it's, star. 
crazy. Yeah. They start young. They train them very, very young. And parents just, like, give their yeah. kids over to the end. They spin. And they're also, I mean, it's kind of like, it's kind of like endangered servitude because they invest so much money into them yeah. to make them a star that they're always going to get that money back. But if you don't make it, then you're, they've just wasted or not yeah, wasted, but they've investment. invested a lot of money into you. Yeah. And they tell you that you may not make it because it's like, it's a conveyor belt. Like, yeah, it's like a one. It's like, you know, not one in a million, but you know, the odds are very, very. Yeah. So they, they just keep just, churning them out. But the work ethic in Korea is completely different. Like they just work all the time. It's insane. Like students on all levels. Yeah. Like, it's intense. Yeah. So what was the thing that impressed you the most about Korean culture? I mean, beyond, I mean, for the food is like on another level. Yeah. Um, everything is really clean and efficient, especially coming from like New York City. Oh, their train system is bananas. It's flawless. You can eat I mean, it's the not, floors. Yeah. It's not 24 <laughs> hours like New York. Yeah. But, but they cabs are super cheap. So it's yeah. like, it doesn't matter. But it's not 24 hours. I really don't even, I mean, I kind of feel like the reason why there's not 24 hours over there is because they use that, that time off to clean it and do all the maintenance. And, yeah. you know, our train system here stinks. It is bad. I drive now, so I don't have to subject myself to it as yeah. much anymore. But <laughs> it's dehumanizing. It's pretty bad. Yeah. It's pretty bad. Like, they, for, for the amount of money that we spend on those trains, they there's nothing comforting about them. It's no. just legit a sardine it's infuriating that takes you from point to point yeah yeah i mean we just spent a lot of time with her family Mm -hmm. and just like super warm and welcoming and even though most of the time i'm just sitting there smiling Smiling. and like eating a lot (laughs) and while they're talking in korean i still i just still feel like a part of it you're a southern gentleman really religious you moved to new york fish out of water now you married to a korean woman and now you go to korea and you're fish out of like you just thrive in these situations yeah i love it but like coming from new york that's mm-hmm. so diverse anyways yeah. uh i thought it would be very jarring to go to you know such a homogenous country yeah. and be like the only tall white guy but i didn't feel that because you know, like we go to k-town here a lot and yeah. all of her friend, my wife's friends are like korean and just spending time around her family it didn't feel as jarring as i thought it would kind of be like whoa there's do you think her family would have been as accepting of you if you weren't religious? No. Not at all. It, it would have been harder. Because mm-hmm. that's just like, because there's a lot of different core beliefs where I think that's that's hard if you, if two people marry and then you try to build a family. Yeah. And there's, the core beliefs aren't aligned with each other. And it's just, it's just harder. I know they w- they're the type of family that would have, it would have supported and, her, yeah, probably. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, supported us, you know. It just would have been harder to get to that place. Yeah. Um, but they're just such, like, loving people. It's, yeah, they're my favorite. So with all that's going on in this country politically, do you don't you don't consider yourself to be a Christian evangelical? No. There's, and there's been a, sh- I'm happy our, a lot of our people in our church have, like, brought up that discussion to like we need it, is, a, it is it is a thing now yeah evangelical has become this thing that's not the meaning of like evangelical it's yeah. become this like very negative thing and so talk so, to me about that because i am not in the i mean i grew up in the church but i'm not in the church now and it's clear to me i mean raised christian i i know what yeah. is and is not a 
part of the yeah, religion yeah. and what how you were supposed to carry yourself <clears throat> um, and interact with other people. And so when you see that this movement of Christian evangelicals has become a political block, which is seeking out yeah. policies that are contradictory to the core beliefs of the religion yeah. within the actual church, are people aware of that? Is it something that's discussed? Like it's very from discussed the, in, from the in pulpit. Our the yeah. ministers, the word, it's like we are not them or yeah it's it's not without the language of like we're not them it's like here's here's the issue here and Mm -hmm. here's what we believe and here's what's wrong and here's what the church has failed on and here's what we need to work better at so i'm thankful that like our church leaders and communities have like discussed that heavily because it's like sick and infuriating that people try to use that like we're christian evangelicals and here's these things used to like oppress people and um set us back yeah set this country back yeah for what like what's the goal like to me i'm sure you know people who may identify with christian evangelical like back home down south but what what is the goal because it feels like the religious goal is gone away and it's more of a political goal it's like to me it's It's totally it feels like it feels like it's a it's a um it's a survival thing. Like yeah. they feel like their survival is depends on them being able to oppress people who are not like them. Yeah. They shun diversity. They need women to be in a subservient role or whatever it is. Like, like in that circle, I mean, I don't know if you're privy to what the goal, like what the, you know how people talk about yeah, stuff yeah. in public, but then in private, it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Really? This is why we're doing this. Like, what, what do you think um, motivates them? It's honestly, I think it's all fear based it's it's fear of like you said people like oh we need to take back what's ours or like you know we're not being heard now and we need to protect what's ours things like that it's all fear and what's ironic is like if you're if you're christians and you believe in like heaven yeah for example and you believe that jesus existed and like served people and loved people and died for people what are you talking about? Let's protect the United States. Yeah. Like this isn't, you know, like the term, like this isn't like new Jerusalem. The United yeah. States isn't new Jerusalem. And I think people have this fear of like, Oh no, I don't ha- I can't live in this like perfect bubble where I'm challenged as a Christian. Mm-hmm. And I like, we're called to go out and be uncomfortable and like be around people that, don't agree with us mm-hmm. and like love them anyways that's the key thing that the, the love them anyways that part has complete like and also to me it's like i've i've been in churches you know you've ever gone to a church service and you hear the the pastor speaking and you're like oh he has no idea what he's talking about yeah like this person does not know the word they're just saying catchphrases or yeah. they're just like generalizing but there's no real scripture correlation to this yeah. and it's more like it's kind of like, like a lack of understanding yeah like, there's no I depth i don't know yeah and yeah. it's more like their interpretation also a lot of a lot of these popular ministers especially on television they're talking about it's like prosperity preaching yeah which is like completely Bad. yeah because that's because that forms a sense of entitlement which is like yeah. i should i should have i should i should have and then that also I think the backdoor trickery to the whole prosperity preaching is like, of course, this minister is going to talk about prosperity because how else are they going to validate them living in a $4 million house? 
Yeah, yeah. And tell you that you need to give more donations each week so we can do more work. But really, you just Don't bought you a Bentley. Live yeah, like this? like, you, like yeah. I'm, a, and they and they'll say like I've heard preachers be like, I'm a representation of you. This is I, God has blessed me, nah. and and it's like no, that's not how it's supposed to yeah. be. But I mean, what do you think is going to happen? Do you get more? Do you? Because I don't want to. In my heart of hearts, I feel like the whole Christian evangelical movement is is to me is an extremist group. I think it's on the verge of becoming a politically extremist group. I don't I don't necessarily think that most Christian evangelicals are going to become like ISIS and arm themselves yeah, yeah, and yeah. like it. I don't think that those people are going to be the ones, but some of them may be the ones like yeah. we got to take this country back. But I think the larger Christian population needs to be like, okay, y'all y'all are wrong like i just don't hear them talking out like i look at i follow what's his name i follow the guy from texas joel Joel Osteen on twitter and he's so problematic but i just follow him because he's he's always saying these like positive things but yet and still when there was like the hurricane or the storm like they didn't open the church for people to have refuge And and the church was dry yeah and then he says oh nobody asked us well how about god God didn't say we should open up the doors for the people who will be in front of Yeah, the concern is like, well, why weren't you already thinking? Yeah. So, it's just, but yeah, then, then it goes in checks. You know, like nobody yeah. else is saying like, okay. Conversations so. are being had. I'll share our, our head pastor. Like we'll occasionally write articles mm-hmm. addressing stuff like this. Um, and like we have, re- like they regularly bring in like speakers to like have these discussions. Yeah. Um, this past year, there's several on like racial inequality and like justicism, justice system. Mm-hmm. Um, so like our church community can like have those discussions and hear from people. Um, I'll, I'll I'll try to I'll look up an article. Yeah. Um, yes. Yeah, about the me. whole Christian evangelical and like political yeah. issue. Because it's 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 fueled in a way where. It's it's co-opted the you know the GOP party yeah and and a lot of times people say you know some of the fact that you know these ministers these pastors are supporting the president even though he's done things that are clearly anti-Christian and I mean he doesn't know the Bible like yeah he, it's infuriating clearly, he's even made a comment I remember early on someone said something about like forgiveness mm-hmm. and he said like like someone I forget the question was like would you what would you ask God for forgiveness for and he just said, his answer is basically like, I wouldn't need to ask for forgiveness. I'm like, yeah, there's no humility. That, like he's that on lacks a whole wisdom. Plan. It lacks humility. Yeah. It, it's, yeah, it's a dark answer. So do you feel any calling to devote more of yourself to the word? Like, do you still see yourself going into ministry or using your comedy as your ministry? It's comedy is that I think for me, if I can be in like outside of the church community, mm-hmm. that's the best thing. Cause I'm connecting with people that disagree with me. I'm connecting with people out in life that I normally wouldn't be if in like in a safe circle. Mm-hmm. And I think it's much better. And that's the way we should live is like living outside of our circles mm-hmm. as well. And I can find more opportunities to have conversations with people, to love people that um i normally wouldn't connect with if i just stayed in like ministry and like in the formal sense or just christian shows yeah. and things like that 
Yeah. Do you do you label yourself a Christian comic or a clean comic? Clean comic. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a Christian who's a comedian. <laughs> yeah. That makes sense. That's like Angela Johnson. She's a Christian who yeah, is yeah, a I've comedian heard that. versus okay. Yeah. Yeah, she has a really big file. I worked with her recently. Super sweet woman, super nice. Really? Mm-hmm. What's her religious background? She's Christian. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's Christian. Mm-hmm. Wow. Does she ever talk about it? She, I think she talked about it early on that now her audience just knows that she is. Yeah. But it had come up like, oh, like yeah, she, yeah. Like she's created a fan base that people know, but she doesn't really curse. Yeah. Um, she talks about, you know, like being married and life and stuff like that. Yeah, so, she's just really funny. Yeah, just really. She's like everyday, everyday life scenarios, but it's not like nothing overtly sexual, like no drugs yeah. and alcohol, like nothing like that. But I think and it's interesting because I get I'm more aware that I curse. I When I first started comedy, I didn't really curse at all because you're just like, you know, you, everybody's like, <laughs> be clean, be clean. Yeah. Um, you get more stuff when you're clean. But I think the more comfortable I am in my comedy and my jokes and my material i talk more like i would talk to a friend yeah on stage and cusses come out and yeah I, but it's not used as like a crutch no 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 it's not used as a crutch yeah. it's it's conversational but in my mind in the back of my mind it's like but i could probably appeal to more people if i didn't because there's times i've done yeah. shows and people come up like i liked you and you were clean and you didn't have to use those curves and it's definitely a certain demographic of people oh, yeah yeah but yeah. you're like okay so should i should i make this more of a thing or should i yeah and like why am i doing this who am i doing this for yeah so like I did a show last night and I didn't I I was awa- I was cognizant and I did not use as many curses as I normally would have just doing my material yeah and it was fine and I got like you know I I can see like I can feel a curse coming up <laughs> and then I was like okay let me switch it so I yeah, yeah. to like say fucking I'll say freaking you know. freaking <laughs> man you know but yeah freaking man so, oh man this stinks so yeah. much that's my comedy right there that sounds good <laughs> but i think that's something that you like you said when you talk about like you know using this as your ministry you want to even though i you know i'm not coming from it as like uh, you know as religious as you are i do have a point of view and i do want to like reach people in a place where they never thought that they could connect yeah, with yeah. me and my beliefs on. yeah so that's why i'm like maybe i should just like i'm pretty sure you've made the decision like oh i'm not gonna be i'm not gonna leave myself a christian comment because then people who aren't christian be like i don't want to hear this guy talk about jesus yeah, yeah. so it's kind of like finding that sweet spot of being like i know what my integrity and my morals are but i also want to like reach people who don't identify yeah like me yeah and i think yeah it comes from a place of like from the heart wanting to seek out others than just your people yeah you know just who you feel like quote safe with or whatever and that's i think that's hard because yeah a part of you wants to like well i could i could make a gazillion dollars just being a christian comic and going to churches all over the country yeah or i can you know work the mainstream and you know be like jesus with the with the pauper (laughs) just you know slinging virgin jokes yeah (laughs) but yeah i think in the long run that's it's way worth it to me i couldn't i couldn't just do like oh i'm only gonna do church shows yeah. i would love to i've done a lot of church shows and i love them they're great do you talk about being a, being a virgin yeah when you do it 
and they yeah, applaud. It's, did it's you not get, laughter; like, it's applause. You get standing ovation. <laughs> yeah. So what? What's like? How do? What do you say? Like before you got married, you were like, "So I'm a virgin." Yeah, yeah. They like, Woo-hoo. Yeah, the church shows I did back then was like applause and. How many women came up to you after and was like, "So my daughter." That those were the only people that ever came up to me after shows. <laughs> so many. There it wasn't like no hot girls no guys <laughs> it was only of her moms that came up and were like my daughter's single and <laughs> did they show you pictures yeah. at least yeah. were any of them cute no one maybe <laughs> I, you know did you ever go out with any of them no no so what did you say t- you just say thank you but yeah i'm just like oh my gosh thank you so much and they're like i want to connect you with my daughter and i'm like uh uh, like okay great <laughs> luckily people don't follow up oh no Especially so the people that age you just say yeah find me on facebook yeah, yeah, and then yeah. that's it like that exchange <laughs> is run, over yeah. yeah they're like oh okay yeah i'm not gonna do but that. there's all there was also that part of me like maybe this is how i find my wife true but you didn't follow up so clearly no. you knew in the back of your mind like this is not the way Yeah, this isn't yeah i actually know a couple who met like that like the both both of their parents are ministers like the, like his, okay. her mom and dad are both pastors and they have a church and his mom and dad are ministers and i think they have a church as well and so the two moms wow. knew each other like just from the church yeah, yeah. circuit um you know first lady circuit and um they were <laughs> like funny. we should hook our kids up and then they were like okay and they met and they fell oh. in love and they got married and have three kids just your classic rom-com story I know, but a part of me would be like, it depends on your mom, though, because you don't want a mom who's like, you know, I'm the reason why yeah, yeah, yeah. you got married. You know, I'm the one that made it happen. Yeah, you don't want to live with that. I told my mom, like, I told her, I was like, why don't you find me a husband? I'll do like an arranged marriage thing. And she was like, no, you won't. She was never into like, hey, you sh- I-, I just met this guy or I saw my this guy. My mom has never once tried to hook me up with wow. anybody. Never once. Never once. She always felt like, I love my mom. My mom is religious. She goes to church every Sunday and way, way more religious than my dad. Um, but my mom was like this. And I think this is why I have my views about like Christian evangelicals and the whole political movement. It's because I know my mom is like one of the purest hearted women. Yeah. Like yeah. Sweetest, most amazing woman in the world. And she's religious and she has her opinions about things, you know, yeah. but she never, preaches about it like she doesn't like she's not gonna say don't do that or don't do that and that's why when it comes to me she's like you are who you are and i want you to experience life on your own and make your own decisions like i'm not gonna tell you how to live your life and you know if she ever felt like at any point in my life if she felt like i was doing something wrong she would bring it up and be like well maybe you could try she loves you yeah Yeah. she loves me well you know she give me some guidance as a parent but she would never like you know open up the bible and be like this says you should here's why you should feel bad yeah oh no she never yeah now my grandmother on the other hand (laughs) my grandmother like i you know i my grandmother owns the house that I live in. Yeah. Her and my grandfather, he passed away. But I remember talking to her and um, something about like having a, like if I, cause I, my grandmother's 87. She's super, super religious. Like she watches those Christian channels all day long, which are very problematic. 
yeah they're very popular like i was like i was uh, visiting with her the other day and she had it on like it's on all day long yeah and um, you know like you know how you're not listening to something but you hear something you hear a couple keywords you're like whoa 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 whoa. so the keyword of this episode that she was watching it was was it the 700 club no that show is so (laughs) she doesn't even like that show like it's too that's too much for her because they're like clearly racist like clearly racist um and homophobic and everything like that but you know what it is? It's not even like the 700 Club is problematic because they are clearly racist and homophobic. And it's not that I can understand if you say my religious beliefs don't allow. I don't. My religious beliefs contradict homosexuality beliefs. Sure. That's fine. But when you start saying people are burning hell and like when you start like. When you start making personal attacks. Yeah. Personal like, attacks. Or, or you giving a verdict like you are the Lord and Savior. Like <clears throat> to me, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. too much. Anyway. But these two pastors dressed in these nice expensive suits and they were telling people and and he one of the pastors legit was like there's a woman out there you're fair skin and you are starting a business so vague um and the lord is telling me if your business if you want your business to succeed you need to send in a thousand dollars as a seed for your blessing to grow and I'm looking at the TV like, if you don't turn this nonsense off. And people do that. Yeah. People do and then that. another woman called in and she was like, such so another woman called in like right after he had this little prophecy. But you hear how vague that like how vague that's like, that's like, yeah, because you're going to get like a thousand people sending in a thousand dollars. Yeah. And so then then right after they took a caller and a woman called in and she's like, so I, I have a church home, but I don't really like it. And I want to move to another church, but I want to make sure that I'm making the right decision because I really want to find another church home that I think would be better for me. He goes, send in that thousand dollars. <laughs> like, where are you picking this number from? And you will find the church in about three months, send a thousand dollars. And in about three months, you'll find the church home for you. And I was like, this is bullshit. But people believe it and they fall for it. Those are the people that get the best spots in hell. Yeah. And not only that, it's like... Biblically speaking, like... Yeah. And you're praying on the old... Like, like if my grandmother knew how to, like, call in and and put her credit card information in, she would probably, you know... She'd be, like, pushing a button to send in a thousand bucks a week. Yeah. For her blessing. Yeah. But, you know... If your tall granddaughter is... Yeah, and then also living in the city, it's terrible. Yeah. I mean, it's bad. So, so I say this is my grandmother's like really religious and very strong in her convictions, and I think we were so because she's so strong. Every once in a while, I like to push her buttons. Yeah. So like, so like, what would you say if I like you know something about like living together? And she was uh-huh. like, no, no, you should not live together because the Bible says you should not live together unless you marry. And I was like, where in the Bible does it say you can't live together? Like, yeah. specifically does it say that? So I like push her. <laughs> and she was like, well, I know. And I'm not, I, when I go and meet my maker, I know that I live right by the Lord. And I was like, so if I have a living boyfriend, that's going to mess you up from going to heaven? She was like, <laughs> and she gets all flustered and i just be like in my mind laughing i'm like all right calm down grandma like yeah, i don't yeah. have a living boyfriend but like if i chose to have one yeah it's not a reflection on you but she feels like it's a reflection on her yeah like yeah. <laughs> right like god's gonna be able to be like yeah. you didn't save your family yeah but that's yeah. the thing it's like but but i should be like did you tell god how much rent is in the exit yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i think i <he'll> understand <laughs> yeah i think so many people they're they they're convinced, like, oh, I need to be everyone else's savior. No. It's like, no, you're supposed to believe there was one savior. Yeah. 
so it's not your job to be saving people. No, but that's that's the overreach, and that's yeah. that's what the politics is so problematic. Is because you're making like, especially when it comes to you know, what I heard so many people, especially when I was on the road in the middle of the country, and people were like, oh yeah, yeah, you know, I'm everybody. It seemed like everybody voted for him because of either immigration or being you know anti-abortion, and it's like really that's like. That's why you voted for this person because they were going to build a wall and stop women like from having those like those two free. things completely blind you from everything else. But also, if a woman chooses to have an abortion, that's her choice. Yeah, that has no bearing on you. And so it kills me when you're like, "Well, these babies have lives too." But that's her. That's her thing that she has to figure out. And like, okay, so what are you going to do to help young moms Nothing. who are faced with? No, because even you get, making a decision, yeah, like what do I do? Yeah, yeah. and then because then you don't because then you don't want your taxes to go up. Yeah, because now there's a woman who is not financially prepared to have a child, and she has to go on public assistance. But now you're saying they're using the system, but you didn't want her to have an abortion. So that's what I'm yeah. saying. The hypocrisy of it is kind of like y'all need to make up your mind, or just let people live their lives and fail if they fail, if succeed if they succeed. Like you can care, but you can't control. And I think it, that's yeah. The, it is like we're not called as christians to like run politically like there's we have christians in every sphere Mm -hmm. like politics whatever but that's not the mission of christians like go and rule the land it's now it's like you live in it and you love in it but this isn't like heaven you know (laughs) stop trying to rule it to be your heaven a part of me it's like i just wish like I just wish we could get a glimpse of like what the next phase of life is. And then it would allow us to like reexamine what we're doing here. Cause everybody was like, I'm doing this for the net, you know, but people would still, it wouldn't, wouldn't, I don't think it would change anything. Okay. So if there, if you got it, if everybody got like a five minute glimpse of like what the, what the next thing is, you don't think that people would be like, oh, okay, well, if that's oh, on the Oh, we need to change side, our ways. Yeah. Or, no, I don't think. I don't think that's how people are. There was a movie. People would justify themselves and just were like, I don't think people would. Yeah, that's true. They probably would. Because even when Jesus was walking the earth, he was like, so I think I, yeah, I might want to like. The same people who were like, this is the king. Yeah. Or, a day later, were like, let's kill this dude. Or or he was like, listen, uh, y'all might want to stop like going ham. Because my dad about to put the smackdown on. And he was like, no, we don't keep the party I want, going. I want this version of the Bible. <laughs> I want Chloe's version of the Bible. Oh, that would be fun. Yeah. Maybe this is the next project. Yeah, yeah. Chloe's, Chloe's version of the Bible. They got King James. So, you know. Or Queen what Chloe. About, what about <laughs> Queen you, Chloe should do, version. you should do this. You should do a millennial's guide to the Bible. That's interesting. Okay. Yeah. And then you can do it as a podcast. Like daily, daily sermon not sermon but daily passages you can hear a similar version every sunday at church (laughs) (laughs) you could do that there is a really good uh there's a really good podcast can i mention another podcast it's fine there's this uh this christian and this atheist became friends the guy is a one of the pastors at our church and they have a discussion challenging each other on their like beliefs mm-hmm. and they like bring in historians and other people and everything and like are very vulnerable with each other too. Like mm-hmm. here's where I struggled with my faith. Here's mm-hmm. why I don't believe or here's yeah. why I stopped believing for a while and then believed. Um, it's really good. It's called Hinge. 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 It's really good. 
I'll check it out. I think comedy has definitely, I've said this a lot, I think comedy has definitely altered um, my religious perception of things. I think that I'm more inclined to question things and think about the why than yeah, to yeah. just take the information. Yeah, and that's good. I think it's good. I think comedy's comedy has definitely helped me. Even though I started as an adult and I was older and I had experienced life, It comedy just makes me look at all sides it makes you examine all aspects of things yeah because that's how in order for us to talk about things on stage we have to have like a perspective of it yeah totally and you know a lot of times people don't realize like when we come up with material like we rattle it around in our brain for a while and Mm -hmm. figure out like how can we make this digestible make it relatable yeah and i think i think people if they approach religion like comedy more people will probably pay attention yeah and that's why comedy is so powerful it's because it's a good like medium to Mm -hmm. when you're dealing with why questions to be able to do it with humor and go like oh this isn't going to destroy my world or i don't have to be afraid like i can laugh about it i can joke about it and it's such a healthy like medium to ask the why questions yeah i think why is very important ask why challenge your doubts yes was that a sermon yeah that's that's like one of the leading things that like our pastors say like you know yeah like like seek your doubts bring up your doubts question like don't just sit here on sunday like if you have questions like bring them up talk about it yeah it's important because if not you end up blindly following someone who might not know what the hell they're talking about yeah you'd be sending in a thousand dollars yeah send a thousand dollar seed i wish i wish a seed cost a thousand dollars okay paul let's and this the way I end all of my episodes. Paul Schischler. It took Close me enough. like so long to get that. <laughs> how do you say it? Schistler. Schistler. I know how to say it, but it just, you know, it's a it's lot a of S's. You know. Did your wife hyphenate her last name or change it all? No, she changed. Okay. Yeah. Um, Esther Schischler. Esther Schistler. Yeah. Okay. Paul, what makes you a social misfit? Oh, man. I don't know how to answer that question. Um, Because I don't, at least I feel like I don't fit in with, like, like in our world, what other comics are talking about or their point of view on things. You know, a lot of people are like, don't get married, don't, all this (laughs) stuff. And I'm like, get married. Here's why it's awesome. And here's why I'm you know, still going to church. Here's mm-hmm. why I don't think like, uh, church is dumb. Yeah. And so I try to like put that conviction and like what I talk and joke about. Mm. So, yeah. So you, you, you're opening people's hearts one joke at a time. Trying to, you know, just trying to love people. Mm-hmm. What? That's it. <laughs> <laughs> you looked at me like, yeah, that's it. I was waiting for this ray of sunlight to come down <laughs> <laughs> and open up. Yeah, yeah. Chloe's Christian now. That's cool. Um, I, I have I have Christian fundamentals. I mean, yeah, I definitely yeah. do. But I think I definitely have Christian fundamentals. Yeah, I think you're um, raised by it. It's like, yeah, yeah, it's a part of you. And I yeah. and I and the thing is, I might not. I mean, I definitely um, participate in marijuana every once in a while. I definitely have sex outside of marriage. 
Um, well, I'm leaving. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think, um, and I'm open. I, I believe that you know everybody should be entitled to live their own life in their own way, yeah. um, and pay for the repercussions when they face the judgment yeah, day. Whatever. Um, I, you know, I think, I think most modern religious people are like if you're gay okay if you want to have abortion that's your life like i just don't feel like being i don't feel like imposing myself on anybody and i think yeah yeah so i would fight for for people to live their own lives so if it came down to like what side do you want i'm like yeah i i believe in the lord jesus christ but i feel like i shouldn't have to make people do what i want like yeah it's like god gives us free will why can't you give other people free will that exactly and so and that and to me it's like whenever i see people talk about this stuff it's like but who are you to tell this person what they can and can't like yeah just because you make it a a bill and congress has a vote like you you, no man no like literally like men in congress should not be able to tell a woman that she can't get an abortion like yeah it doesn't make any sense to me because what does that that has nothing to do with politics that's to do with your personal preference yeah but anyway that's about me um <laughs> that's a so, whole other episode yeah so paul where can people find you on social media you can find me on twitter instagram everything just under paul schisler you have to spell out schisler yeah so s-c-h-i-s-s-l-e-r yes and i actually know how to spell your name but is that sh- the schisler it's, it's a, yeah it's a jumble that's why, I, yeah. I don't care. So long as it sounds close enough, it's like whatever. Yeah, that's me too. People, people say um, Hillard or Hilliard, and I'm just like, what up? <laughs> close care. enough, good for you. Yeah, it isn't, I don't mind. That's how you choose to say my name. That's how you identify to say my name. Yeah, I'm like, I know it's me. I know you're <laughs> yeah, talking yeah. about. I appreciate it. Well, thank you for um, Yo, hanging out for, with me and giving. Thanks for chatting. Buy me my um, grande caramel macchiato. Yeah. We're sitting in Starbucks. The, the tunes have been provided to you by oh. the, the mermaid lady. Oh. Um, and thank you guys for listening. And I will talk to you soon. Bye.